0: Echoplex Media, boo!
1: down Mal. we do the show live almost every Tuesday at 7 30 p.m. Pacific right here on Twitch uh welcome podcast listeners you are now um, <clears throat> you're now the uh, second most popular uh, podcast on Echoplex media at least for the last 30 days
2: oh this is fabulous thank you so much listener we really appreciate your listenership
1: Ooh, we have a we have a anyway I'm trying to figure out what's going on with your sound you sound strange sounds strange how do i sound now you sound fine now it was just a it was just a weird thing okay that's fine um anyway you can support this project at echoplexmedia.com just click the support tab and um i don't know it's September, so sub to the channel what's up
2: (laughs) what's up everyone this is the councilman you can find me at the underscore councilman on x formerly known as maybe still known as twitter at least in the uh, url um, you can also find me lurking in public comment at the next planning director's hearing. I'm really concerned about that ordinance sized tree. We're looking to remove without replacing it with four bucket trees. So we're going to have some words, sir. Uh, very good.
1: I am, uh, excited about our first clip because the, uh, San Jose, uh, city
2: workers got a bit of a
1: raise, which is yeah. fantastic.
2: Yeah. As you'll recall, uh, listener, uh, and viewer, we, uh, covered the potential of a San Jose city workers strike. Well, it was averted um, late last month and uh, a deal was struck that, unfortunately, Mayor Ed 209 was not all that happy about. Um, he would have preferred a slightly uh, lower raise for the employees. Um, and he's worried about how it's going to affect the budget. So let's, let's hear what he has to say and what the workers have to say.
3: A big vote in San Jose giving city workers a substantial raise, but the mayor is against it. A live look now in San Jose where the mayor's warning of potential budget cuts to pay for the new salary hike. Earlier this evening the city council voted to approve a new contract for more than 4,000 city employees. Those employees will soon get a 14.5 percent pay raise over the next three years. Mayor Matt Mahan made made the sole vote against it. He says paying for the raise would mean making cuts elsewhere and possibly getting rid of some
4: crossing guards. I uh, refuse to sign up for and endorse uh, raises that are unsustainable that put us in a, in a position of potentially having to lay folks off and, and require reductions in the years ahead.
3: The Workers' Union disagrees, saying their research shows the city has enough money to pay for the raises without having to make service cuts.
1: Well, I mean, of course, they're going to have different points of view on that, this- he didn't say crossing guards. Is it just that he said crossing guards in a part of that clip that they cut out? You think?
2: Yes and no. Uh, you know, he uh, he did allude to you know some parks programs. Viva Kae was on his sort of chopping block. Um, it was and funds were reduced but not eliminated for that. Um, yeah, at some points, things like that were more than likely mentioned in the political rhetoric or in a memo of some sort. Right? Um, I, I'm not sure which, but. Um, i don't th- I imagine the unions are making it up necessarily um but uh you know you're right both sides are going to say what they're going to say to get their point across and to get what they want out of the you know the war of pu- or battle for public opinion right um but at the end of the day the workers got what they wanted because the mayor doesn't have control of his own council he lacks a majority a working majority he lacks really even a functional majority there's it's really aligned against him um probably uh, there's 11 votes on the council including himself it's probably 7-4 against him on uh just a baseline vote and uh unfort- unfortunately for him that seven includes people that typically would be on you know in his ballpark or at least in his value set um and he just has pissed them off and has aggravated them to the point where they don't support a lot of his agenda and they're not going to support his agenda so um, he's gonna have to work really hard over the next couple of years um, and in the next election cycle to try to get a uh, council that's more favorable to him because he can bitch him on all he wants, but he's not an executive like uh, London Breed or um, Shang Tao are executives in other cities in the Bay Area. They don't have. He doesn't have veto power over the budget. He's just one vote at the end of the day like everyone else. So he um, he was one vote on this and he, and he got voted down. Um, and the workers got what they wanted. And he actually was the only vote against it at the end of the day. Um, even the council members who may have felt squeamish about it read the writing on the wall and didn't want to side against the, the public employees, right? Um, but he's willing to do that because he knows they hate them. They are, He knows they already hate them. Uh, so it's not like he's going to tarnish his reputation or make it, it actually is playing into his brand, really, um, to do this. So, um, but yeah, it, nothing he can do about it, unfortunately. And the the cuts that were made To balance the budget came mostly out-of-city council offices, so everyone took a a hit, and the mayor's office took a hit in their sort of slush, not slush budget, but their sort of discretionary budget, if you will.
1: So the difference between him and the San Francisco and Oakland mayor is what's like commonly referred to as like a strong mayor, right, where they have like more powers. They're sort of uh, more, they have like you, like you said, they can veto certain things and they have the more power, whereas in San Jose, he's just another vote on the council. He has other responsibilities and stuff that the council members don't have, but
2: it functions similar to like the 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 federal, where the federal government does in San Francisco in a strong mayor setup set right the the mayor is like the president they are the chief executive um, so they don't even sit on the board of supervisors they are independent from that body and then the board of supervisors or the council in this case is like your you know congress um, so they pass legislation but the mayor still has to sign on to it or they can veto it and send it back to the to the, the council in our case here in San Jose, it's what you might call, it's a council manager form of government where the city council, the mayor is just as powerful as any other city council member uh, in terms of voting power. Um, the only power the mayor really has, or two two major powers the mayor has. One is that they do get to set sort of the baseline for the budget, right? They, they have the initial um, take on, okay, this is what uh, I would like to see prioritized in the budget. Um, and then they also get a sort of final salvo like that that the other council members don't get. Um, So at the end of the day, the council is voting on what the mayor has proposed as the budget. Even though it might get changed significantly, it's still the mayor's proposal that they're voting on. So that's one power. The second power is that the mayor's office controls the public information office for the city. So the mayor's office actually controls communications for the city. and is the spokes box, squawk box for the city. So they can also control the message that way, too, in a way that council members can't. Um, Council members can speak to the press, and they have, and they do and they have their own communications tools, but when you're dealing with the power of the city's um, communication uh, setup, then you have more ability to to shape the narrative before the other the council members can uh, do that for you. So um, there is some power, but at the end of the day, like I said, he needs just one vote and he needs six. Gotcha, and does the mayor also have like certain
1: powers like under states of emergency and whatnot as well?
2: Um, surprisingly, not as many as you'd think that came up a lot during the, the, um, most recent charter review commission when they looked at, you know, whether to move the election, whether to go to a, the mayor election, whether to go to a strong mayor setup. right. Um, they explored all of that and they did explore that, um, that question. Uh, and I don't recall, um, what powers the mayor was given, but it was con- seriously considered and at the end, but, um, really the city manager is the primary and lead responsible party in, in the event of an emergency and the city manager is a public em, is an employee they are the the only employee that the city council has fire fire power over um they have approval of any any other hires but they can only fire or hire directly the city manager and then the city manager basically runs the city so the city manager is your is your pretty much linchpin although that doesn't prevent as others have said, that doesn't prevent people, you know, the, the general populace, from thinking, "Oh, let's, you know, something's wrong. Emergency. Go to the mayor, right? You go to the person in charge. Well, that person's just not in charge in that way, right? Right. And it wouldn't. It's not the worst thing in the world to try to
1: interface with the mayor during a crisis. But in in this right. case of San Jose, if you want some shit to get done, you got to go to the city manager.
2: Right, but most people wouldn't know fuck all about how to reach the city manager, right? Um, So uh, it's really incumbent on the city to do a better job of, you know, letting people know and giving keeping people informed about, yeah, like shit can go down anytime. We have earthquakes, we have fires, we have floods. There's no shortage of emergencies. And it seems to, it you know, we always treat them as though it's like, oh, it's once in a lifetime or once in a generation. It's like these things happen. You don't think about them independently, like earthquakes in this bucket and buyers in this bucket if you just think about them as disasters these things happen you know every couple of years so we should be much better prepared and we should be, have a much more and better informed populace in terms of okay like we tell everyone to have a plan in their house right where do you what do you do with your pets do you have a bag go bag you know what do you do with the kids we know um how do you hand, what, what goes down when there's an emergency um we really should do that in terms of like who, who do you call right and who's in charge we need to be do better of uh better job of informing people that way
1: though so maybe the city's man city manager's office don't mind so much <laughs> like that they're not getting this flood of phone calls anytime anything goes wrong new phone who dis yeah
2: a new city manager who dis new, yeah new office who it is new, administ- <laughs> new administration who it is so um,
1: we're gonna move on to a man-made disaster um it seems like the city of san jose is in a little bit of trouble for uh, for shooting you actually
2: yeah they they got into to a bit of a you know a bit of a kerfuffle honestly Uh, and this is just one of a number of cases that uh was pending with the city from the george floyd protests um as you all might recall there was some malfeasance on the part of police officers some uh you know uh, non-lethal projectiles that hit people in very sensitive places and uh in fact permanently damaged some folks to the point of like losing an eye or losing you know uh, other parts of their body um and uh not to mention all sorts of other violence um, by police officers against people who were for the most part peacefully and non-violently protesting um, some absolute bullshit. So um, here's the settlement uh, came down in one um, sort of series of cases just recently. So it looks like uh, the mayor's unfortunately going to have to find even more money to (laughs) to pay those workers because the city's out a little bit more, but we'll talk about it in the back end.
3: New attend three years after the George Floyd protest, the city of San Jose has agreed to settle an excessive police force case for more than $3 million. Officers fired rubber bullets into a crowd of protesters, injuring multiple people and causing one man to lose one of his eyes. KTV's South Bay reporter LaMonica Peters live tonight outside police headquarters there in the
2: Looking South. good.
3: La Monica, you've got more now on the settlement.
5: Yeah, Mike, this is what a rubber bullet looks like, that the San Jose police use. Now, the lead attorney says that this case was headed to trial next month when they decided to settle, but she still believes the police department needs to improve how it handles the community.
6: There was basically no accountability at all for the violence that was inflicted um, during these protests
5: after george floyd was murdered in 2020 by police in minneapolis protesters took to the streets all over the country including in san jose san jose police declared the protests unlawful used tear gas and fired rubber bullets towards protesters multiple people were hit including michael acosta who had to have his eye removed after the incident
6: not one single officer has been disciplined They suspended all internal affairs investigations into the incidents that uh, were in litigation as kind of a way, I guess, of uh, thinking that it could escape liability, police say
5: protesters threw objects, injuring them and vandalized property. But the plaintiffs say they, in particular, were not violent towards police. On Tuesday, San Jose City Council approved a settlement of two point nine million dollars for Acosta and eleven other plaintiffs, including the NAACP, will split four hundred and fifty thousand dollars.
2: I do believe uh, the independent uh, police auditor needs to be given more strength, more voice and uh, more independence from the city and from the police department.
5: Letterman says Officer Jarrett Ewan was responsible for hitting Acosta in the eye with a rubber bullet.
6: He was captured on video uh, cursing at protesters, showing, uh, you know, saying, let's get those curse words and uh, expressing eagerness to shoot them Letterman
5: also says moving forward she'd like to see the San Jose Police Department make more policy changes
6: they're actually we're protesting about police violence and about police impunity for racist violence and um, the way to there's a different way to deal with that than to send police to sh- shoot them.
5: Now, within the terms of the settlement, the city of San Jose did not admit any wrongdoing. We reached out to the San Jose Police Department, but didn't hear back from them. And the San Jose Police Officers Association declined to comment. Mike?
3: LaMonica Peters, live tonight in San Jose. LaMonica, thank you for that. San- uh,
1: that lady made a good point. She's like, you go out there to pro- uh, protest against police violence, and
2: then you're somewhat likely to become the uh, victim of police violence. Yeah, it's just the, the irony just is disgusting. disgusting. You know, Runs really thick. You could cut it with a knife, as they say. um And it's just it, it's good for the defendants, you know, to to settle and to get this done and to get it behind them and they, to get something out of it is, I'm sure, nice as far as you know, money, right? um But at the end of the day, that guy's eye is not coming back, right? Like, and the trauma of losing it and the trauma of what went down is not going to be, you know, erased or, or or wiped off by any sort of settlement or wouldn't, and it wouldn't have been if the case had gone to trial and the city had to pay even more money right and attorneys got paid even more money to to take it the full distance so um good on the plaintiffs and you know uh, it's just unfortunate that the city doesn't have to admit any wrongdoing in settling something like this right like they're obviously the, the settlement itself should say 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 it all right like they can say oh well we're just trying to save on legal fees by not going to a full trial but really it, it is admitting wrongdoing and they did they are wrong. They were wrong. Um, you saw those freaking quote unquote rubber bullets, right? Those things are, it's like, uh, uh, that's only there to inflict damage. It's not there to quell. It's not, that's something that's not used to, to tamp down that is to inflict damage and to frighten and scare and petrify and, and make people run. And we watched a uh, we
1: watched a lot of it kind of live here actually as it unfolded we watched it live on this channel and we saw the mm-hmm. way the police were behaving they were uh very aggressive and it's it, it was really really what was really odd to me about that is when the crowd was small the police was aggressive police were mm-hmm. aggressive do you know what I'm saying it's like well, well sure. and I mean you're not supposed to get aggressive anyway but like there, the, like i saw like aggressive behavior towards like a. Uh, there was a uh, like an abc 7 reporter who the fucking police mm-hmm. were like shoving with his baton yeah and the, the reporter was like i'm press i'm press and i was like dude yeah. then cover the fucking story yeah. just explain that you
2: just got brutalized by the police like what the right. fuck right but there's it's just a, it's a culture of fear that we live in right where it's like you know they have the guns and they have the the ammo and they have the the bulletproof vests and the tanks and the you know the paddy wagons and all that shit um and the shotguns so they and the rubber bullets so um you know they have all the power so it's not surprising that more folks don't step up but in this case it's it's good to see that people were stepping up and it's good to see that the department is being held accountable by the city leaders to some extent not everyone is bootlicking every some folks are coming on board with the need for reforms here and elsewhere um, we're having a national dialogue about it. It's ongoing. It's not going to end anytime soon, but it's all, but it's happening. So that's all good. Those are all good things. Yeah, I saw it firsthand myself. I was down there, you know, and there were people just not doing much of anything, right? Um, and just just expressing their their free you know their free speech and their First Amendment rights. And like it said in the in the story, there it uh, seemed like these guys and gals. Some of them were just there because they wanted to be there to they wanted to to you know crack some heads, they wanted to knock some people down, they wanted to shoot you know they wanna shoot some of these fools. And who knows, if they had been been allowed to use lethal you know munitions what would have happened? So I guess okay that they only got to use these non lethal quote unquote munitions. But yeah, that dude lost an eye, another person got two other people got hit in the genitalia. Um, and may, may not be able to have kids in the future. So <laughs> yeah, uh, we really got to change the way we d- we go about things, but, um, so, so good on, good on, uh, protesters keep, keep protesting. It's not going to happen overnight.
1: So up next, we, uh, missed any of the stories about dream force uh, last week while we were off, but this is actually from last week because we, uh, made a docket last week. So, uh, this is uh, SF mayor, London breed denying that they cleaned up the city for dream force. <laughs> I am not even sure what that is supposed to mean, but whatever, let's go.
2: We'll find out.
7: Well, San Francisco put its best foot forward for the mega tech conference Dreamforce. So now the question is, if the city can transform for visitors, why can't it be like this every day? ABC7 News reporter, Suzanne Fawn took the question to Mayor Lyndon Breed to get her reaction. Suzanne? So Kristen, Mayor Breed pushed back. She said the city did not go through a major transformation just for Dreamforce. She said San Francisco is cleaned up for every single convention, and overall, things are li- getting better. It's the final day of Dreamforce. So-called trailblazers are still trying to get as much as possible out of their experience.
4: A lot of AI talk. Uh, I think that was the word of the day. It's been absolutely epic. Great event. Less than
7: 24 hours earlier, sales.
1: You know how you know what happened. You know what cleaned up the city is when all these motherfuckers left.
7: <laughs> sat down with Governor Gavin Newsom to talk about what he's seeing in San Francisco.
4: This is probably the cleanest I've ever seen in San Francisco. It's amazing how clean the streets are. Oh, listen. to this. Why can San Francisco not be like this every single
7: The governor replied that it is possible. He said it's up to the city of San Francisco and its leaders. We asked Mayor London Breed to respond to that and Benioff's claim that Dreamforce made the city's transformation possible.
8: It's not just because of Dreamforce, there are other conventions. This is what we do for every convention that comes to San Francisco.
7: Breed says conventions are key to the city's
8: economic recovery, and she claims things have improved. So, my pushback is. You know that San Francisco is changing. Things are getting better. The mayor admits that the city still
7: sees challenges in the Tenderloin and south of Market.
8: Part of what I am doing is not pointing the finger at anyone, but rolling up my sleeves to take full responsibility and do everything we can to address those issues. Issues like drug use, homelessness, and crime. And we are seeing some impacts, especially with daytime um, open air drug dealing. Using... Oh,
1: I bet you could have found some drug use at Dreamforce.
8: Another issue. (laughs) But we are um, aggressively doing everything we can, and I think over time we're going to see some significant improvements. In fact, I feel like they're already happening. Back to Dreamforce?
7: I think San Francisco looks great. Karush Nauri and Megan Aguayo live and work in San Francisco and attended this year's Dreamforce. They noticed a big difference in and around Moscone Center.
9: But yeah, I think they did a good job cleaning up for um,
10: Dreamforce.
7: To be honest, I think people would like to exaggerate how bad San Francisco has gotten. Dreamforce attendees from all across the globe have had varying impressions of San Francisco.
10: I heard
1: things, but everything was fine.
8: It is sad to see some of the things that are happening in the city, but you know, this is kind of like, I think, I think it just happens
7: everywhere. Mayor Breed says J.P. Morgan Chase hosted his convention in San Francisco and wrote about its incredible experiences in the city. Breed also says many other companies have signed on to hold their convention in San Francisco in the coming years. Live in the newsroom, Suzanne Fawn, ABC 7 News.
3: Suzanne,
1: thank you. Some of the people there kind of was like, hey, I know this is all exaggerated and this shit happens everywhere, so yeah.
2: Yeah, a very rational take. Um, but Mayor Breed wants you to know that uh, they don't just clean out the homeless people and shove them under the rug for just for Dreamforce. They do that for every convention. So just just making sure you're aware that <laughs> that's how they treat things um, constantly, not just around Dreamforce time. So be rest assured, San Francisco. So what uh, I what I
1: think might be going on here is the street, ar- the streets around the Moscone Center were kind of bustling with Dreamforce attendees. So there were probably the same number of uh, homeless around. Uh, uh whatever they would the kind of people they would like to sweep under the rug the same number of people around you just might not notice them because there's
2: so many mm. fucking people there for Dreamforce. sure and just, well and it just becomes you know what something that large takes over an area it just becomes the area for that time right and you kind of don't see the the rest of things right the 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 underside the back alleys these things the you know people and and folks do recede right from from uh this because this is just an onslaught of mania and like you said that it, it, it was cleaned up when they left right when the convention goers left perhaps perhaps uh, the unhoused population or the folks on the street see these folks the same way that they see them and they they back away <laughs> because they don't want to be around all these fucking tech bros um because god knows what could happen when you put that many tech bros into one space together
1: yeah yeah i think um but I think it's, I think it, this is kind of a net good, even though like I like to make fun of Dreamforce because it's like some, it's almost like a, it's almost like an MLM for people who are already rich and don't really mind if somebody steals some of their money. Mm. Um, it's, it's almost like a Tupperware party for rich people, kind of like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so, but in a way, this is good because these same people, the same cohort of people who have been saying that San Francisco is a giant shithole, went there and had a great time and are kind of talking about it. And so it's like, well, you know, maybe, maybe you were wrong. And that, the one guy was like, "Oh, I've heard all this stuff, but that's not not been my experience." One lady was like, oh, "I saw some shit, but you see some shit everywhere." I mean, that's like, so not not bad, not
2: bad. Yeah. There, uh, so there are some winners there, I suppose. Um, uh, but hopefully, public opinion is a winner, and we're we're moving that around. Um, but regardless, uh, if you're looking to really clean up the city um in the way that folks are talking about cleaning it up it usually means you know getting folks off the street well that's an honorable thing to do actually um and folks are working really hard to do it um and we actually have seen you know a a downtick in the rent lately but i don't know if it's going to you know, really help in the greater scheme of things i suppose we'll find out from from Fox 2 news
1: we'll see and we'll see what Fox 2 has to say about it yeah
3: Renters in the Bay Area may be getting some relief. Recent data shows that rent prices across California have dropped more than 2% in a year and more than 4% in the Bay Area alone. KTV South Bay reporter LaMonica Peters joins us live tonight with more on the story. LaMonica. Hmm.
5: Mike, a drop in rent prices is a good thing, or is it? A local advocacy a housing advocate tells us that the drop in rent prices may not be as good as people think it is.
11: And even if they've gone
0: down slightly, it's not going to solve the
5: affordability
0: crisis because rents are so high
5: already. According to apartmentlist.com, rents in the Bay Area have taken their biggest year-to-year dip over the last 27 months. Contra Costa County had the largest decrease of 4.9% in a year. In Alameda County, rental prices fell by 4.5%. Still, some people we spoke to say they don't think the decreases will make housing any more affordable.
10: It's just uh, chaotic given inflation, given uh, the cost of living has gone up, and the sad part is wages in almost any industry has stayed the same. It it was hard to begin
9: with, so if it's... Going down, I don't know if it's enough.
5: Rent prices in San Francisco County fell by 4.3%. San Mateo County fell by 3.6%. And in Santa Clara County, 3.1%. President of the Affordable Housing Network in Santa Clara County believes the small decreases may send a warning signal to private builders.
0: So if rents are projected to go down or stay low, they simply won't build. And when they don't build, supply gets tighter and then rents start going up again. So this is not a solution to our housing crisis.
5: Perry says the rent decreases may be due to remote workers and others leaving the Bay Area for cheaper housing. He also says 20% of renters in San Jose are severely rent burdened, meaning they use more than half of their income to pay rent.
4: And that's the kind of rent that if you have one problem in your family, like an illness,
0: Uh, or, or some accidents, any unforeseen emergency, you can end up homeless, and certainly you can end up being evicted.
5: Now Perry says that long-term affordable housing is still desperately needed in California. He says he supports new state bills, uh, proposed bills like State, uh, uh, like Senate Bill 555 and Assembly Bill 309, which will make way for new state-owned housing that will cap rents at 30 percent of people's income.
3: Mike, all right, Lamontica Peters live. Oh shit!
1: Public housing. People are gonna freak the fuck out. It's okay, bro. They're calling it
2: social housing.
1: Oh, even yeah, yeah. Nobody's gonna freak the fuck out at the fucking Shasta County Board of Supervisors meeting about the social housing.
2: No, not at all. And that's exactly where it's going to get fought out because the state's going to mandate it. They'll even provide, maybe they'll even provide funding for it, but it's really going to be the local municipalities and counties and cities that are going to have to actually be the owners and the managers of these properties. Yeah, and it's just, it's going to be fun. We're going to have a public comment, um, uh, super shitstorm. And uh, it's, it's only going to benefit this network. Um, just remember to check echoplexmedia.com. The revolution will be podcasted.
1: The, uh, you know, the, the strange thing about this is there's going to be two neighboring communities that I know pretty well. One's Los Gatos and one is Campbell. Mm-hmm. Los Gatos, they're going to throw a fucking fit about it. And Campbell's just going to build the fucking housing because yes. that's been sort of the, the nature of like the West Valley in San Jose is that Campbell keeps building fucking housing. And like, which is crazy because you wouldn't think that you'd think that it's a NIMBY place and it's right. not
2: it doesn't behave like its surrounding cities even West San Jose like the, even the, the, the spaces in San Jose like Cambria and, and Willow Glen and uh, uh you know the West West San Jose peninsula if you will <laughs> um these areas are much more NIMBY than Campbell is as well and they surround Campbell um so yeah it's very interesting it's very much an outlier in that way um, and it's, but it fight there's infighting in Campbell. and oh, it's yeah. not like it's but, easy breezy, but there, but it's, there's a majority of folks there, and there's political will to to get it done. And I think that the the messaging from the city has been, um, it's
1: been around like the downtown corridor. Mm-hmm. Come here, live here, work here, play here, have good food. You know, like <clears throat> the other, you know, and I don't want to get too too. I don't want to get too on too nostalgic about my former place. The other thing I noticed in Campbell is uh, there were women on Campbell Avenue. Like women went out. I'm gay. I wasn't trying to hit on them, but it was sure nice to see them. <laughs> I like women. Yeah. Some of my um, best friends are, you know, women,
2: you know, some of my best friends are, well, lots of things, but anyway, um, yes, no, I, I Campbell is, has always been an outlier in that way. And we could learn a lot from them. I think, um, uh, uh maybe not anytime soon. <laughs> Uh, and and, and, again, um, and again we're talking about market rate housing right we're not talking really about affordable housing we're talking about rents across the board so right well the, that's great but
1: this 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 uh this bill from the state was going to cap things at 30 percent of people's income and so and it was going to be state owned so i'm curious to see how that plays out you know is that going to be like for you know, other other places where they've built a lot of housing Our mountain view mm-hmm. but that's almost all market rate or even above market rate it's like almost all luxury Luxury condos and stuff. Uh, Sunnyvale's built a lot of housing t- as well, um, and so I'm curious how this is going to play out in those places in the Santa Clara County where housing has been built. Is this going to be like where people get pissed off? Right? Is this yeah. is this going to be the thing that people don't like?
2: Well, the authorities struggle with even those market rate, you know, denser housing developments in Mountain View and Sunnyvale, and they are building their share of affordable. They are um, doing their best, but it's yeah, it's the same kind of struggles you're going to have with the folks who were you know just aligned completely against the no any notion of public housing or public subsidy for housing or you know social housing. So well, yeah the battles are yet to come but they are they're ongoing as well too. So
1: so we're going to move up to Oakland here. I'm about halfway between Campbell and Oakland now actually if anybody wants to stalk me. Um uh this is a city uh like community leaders are kind of pissed that the city uh botched an application for f- more funding for the cops. I am of I mean, if they're going to, you know, if they have to fund the fucking police anyway, they may as well get the funding out from outside of the city. But we'll, we'll see what's up here. We'll see. We'll see what kind of mistakes were made. And hopefully whatever this is, if it's bad that this was rejected or whatever, hopefully the city gets a chance to reapply. I think I feel like everybody deserves a mulligan. Except maybe the OPD.
10: Oakland community leaders now rallying after the city missed the deadline to apply for millions of dollars in state crime fighting funds. And today's Oakland's NAACP, the Chinatown community leaders and church activists calling out the city for that botched application now demanding answers. Well, the city administrator says they submitted their application to the state, but it was incomplete. Community members voiced their frustration, saying this is a missed opportunity for Oakland.
3: Missed the deadline sounds like negligence. sounds like somebody was not focused on what was needed, what was necessary to do.
5: What is going on in Oakland is a civil rights issue. The buck stops with the mayor. This is the mayor's fault. It stops with the mayor. We need to hear from the mayor.
10: And Mayor Shang Tao was asked about the city missing that deadline at her Town Talk event yesterday. She directed questions about the state money missing to the city administrator, Justin Johnson. He called the outcome unacceptable.
0: But we certainly accept. Respons- I accept responsibility for you know what what was lost. Quite frankly, we just missed it, and so we failed in that in, in, in that in that space. And so there really isn't an excuse. Uh, all I can say is that we'll certainly look as, look at this as an opportunity to improve and move forward.
10: Meantime, several jurisdictions throughout the Bay did get a share of the state's 267 million dollars for retail theft. That includes Alameda County District Attorney. Across the Bay in San Francisco, the police department just got a $15 million bonus to support the fight against retail crime.
1: So I, I feel like the city of Oakland could probably just go to the state with a like fucking metaphorical hat in their hand and be like, Hey, we missed this deadline. Is there any way we can reapply? And I don't Mm. feel like this. I I feel like the state of California is not very inclined to tell them to go fuck themselves. I don't know how much with, with Gavin being like politically ambitious. I don't know how involved directly he is. But with him being so politically ambitious, one of the things he's going to have to fight against is going to be this perception that California is this crime-ridden shithole, which it isn't. But like, if he's politically ambitious, he would probably want to grease the wheels to try to give Oakland a bit of a mulligan here, if possible.
2: Sure, I think so. Uh, they could also appeal to their state legislators, who could easily, you know, vote a bill that would, you know, appropriate some funds from the budget in the next you know budget adjustment to to the cause so th- there are some opportunities there but it's just a another unfortunate blemish on I, it's not on Tao necessarily uh, in her administration but it's certainly on the city you know the the 911 debacle um and some you know the hack and so many other things the ransom hack um uh, it, it just, it signals that someone needs to get their shit together at the city of Oakland, right? Um, or maybe a lot of people do, um, and things need to change. Um, but I, I again, folks in the community are going to use this as an opportunity to go after the mayor or after their political enemies. Um, but really, you know, no one's unfortunately been a problem more likely to talk about how we can get solutions in general going forward. So no matter who the mayor is or who's in, in charge, right? Um, that there are solutions and there are back, uh, there are, um, you know uh, securities and safeties in place safety mechanisms in place to prevent shit like this from happening
1: well looks like the business owners uh, have a whole other uh whole other shit going on there in oakland i I watched some of this and i have some thoughts on um the way the news is covering it and and the way the news is acting like this is and then the magnitude of of the actual protest so We'll, uh, we'll go ahead and run the clip and then I, uh, I'll i tell you what I saw and uh, read from some uh, local people in Oakland on the ground on my Twitter feed.
9: 6.35 right now and
1: happening today, people in Oakland bracing for a strike, but not one with labor actions or picket lines. This one includes frustrated business owners asking for more help. Today in the base, Ginger Conagheral Saab is with us this morning out of Oakland, and Ginger, this is really those business owners letting the leaders in Oakland know they're fed up.
12: That is exactly right, Marcus. It's a strong message that they want to send to their local officials, business owners who have repeatedly dealt with robberies and break-ins. They're saying enough is enough. And Nigel Jones is one of those business owners. He owns Kingston 11 here in Oakland. He said his business was broken into less than a month ago. Thieves took cash, they shattered his front windows, and they left him with more than $2,000 in damages. So, he is striking today, and he isn't the only one. A group of Oakland business owners are planning to close their doors, some for the entire day, others for several hours, to get the attention of local officials. They want improvements to public safety, including more police patrols on the street, and more financial assistance for local merchants.
5: Those instances of aggression, economic aggression, actually impact your team directly or indirectly, but they also impact the other businesses.
12: Carl Chan, the president of the Oakland Chinatown Chamber Foundation, is organizing the strike. He says those who are going on strike are calling for funding from all levels of government. And you'll remember that Oakland made headlines last week for missing a deadline to apply for state grant money in helping address uh, crime within the state. And that, Marcus, coupled with what business owners are experiencing, like Nigel Jones, you know, less than a month ago, his business got broken into. With what they're experiencing in the community, they're really saying that uh, this is uh, enough is enough. And it's um, extreme frustration that's really motivating this strike. There is a press conference that we're looking out for uh, that will begin at 10 this morning. It's happening outside Le Cheval restaurant, also here in Oakland. And unfortunately, that restaurant has made the recent announcement that it will close its doors so before more restaurants like that do the same thing uh, these business owners are really hoping they can uh, make some significant change Marcus
1: and for some reason there wasn't much news coverage of the actual protest Uh, councilman would you uh, like to take a wager as to why there wasn't a whole bunch of news coverage of the actual protest
2: well either a because there wasn't a whole lot going on and it wasn't very newsworthy or b the corporate structure of local news is aligned against the small business person a a yeah, i saw pi- i saw pictures
1: a. of the press conference on twitter and in li- like you can you can lie in a photograph right like you could show you know maybe the first speaker or the last speaker or whatever but i it was a you know it was a source that i generally go to for like On the ground stuff in Oakland, and they were like, "Ah, it looks like there were four businesses that shut down." As far as I can tell, and I don't know if they were like exaggerating for effect or whatever, but it wasn't big,
2: and it wasn't on the news because it wasn't shit. and it wasn't very organized. If it was organized, or if there was was more than you know, a handful of uh, businesses uh, involved, um, it wasn't very. It was very poorly organized and poorly. publicized there are there was i think one hit this morning on another hit this morning on the news but um we can we might be able to find something next week perhaps it'll post later on but yeah uh not much to do about nothing but uh you know i think there's gen there's a genuine concern um that the streets are unsafe that the city is unsafe that the bay area is unsafe that everything's going down the shithole um and maybe it is and maybe it isn't um but from what we can tell it's a lot of rhetoric and not really a lot of anything grounded in facts and speaking of facts, you know, um, Oakland really needs to get its shit together in a lot of ways, <laughs> um, as we've been saying. Um, so we really could have filed all these stories under under that, but uh, uh, in one particular case, you know, there was a big to do about um firing the police chief because um of his uh, actions or inactions um uh and in, in representing the city and serving the city. And now it turns out that it looks like he's been exonerated. Um, not that he's gonna be coming back anytime soon, but we're gonna find out more from our good friends at KTV. Uh,
13: from the onset of this, that I
0: was not guilty of any of these allegations. Uh, that the facts would come out in this case, and when the facts did come out, I felt like I would be vindicated. And today is that
3: vindication. Former Oakland Police Chief Leron Armstrong says he's vindicated. A new report concludes allegations that led to his firing lacked credibility. The chief says this new report proves he was wrongly fired. Good evening, everyone. I'm Mike Meebeck.
12: And I'm Julie Hainer. Meanwhile, the city of Oakland has been without a police chief since February as crime runs rampant. New at 10 tonight. KT
1: crime runs rampant, does it? Rampant.
12: Amber, you obtained a copy of that confidential report.
2: She That's has a report that says this so.
14: This is a copy of that report. Now the police chief says it is a validation of what he said all along. The mayor says she stands by her firing of him. During the special police commission meeting, people in the audience wanted to talk about former police chief, Lauron Armstrong, who was fired by Mayor Shang Tao in February. His termination came after a probe which criticized his handling of misconduct investigations involving his officers.
10: I'm here to speak and say that the Chief doesn't deserve to be to be returned. Living in Oakland without Armstrong
14: has been not feeling that someone connected to the community and under, and having the ability to understand, KTVU obtained a copy of the confidential report regarding Armstrong's administrative appeal of his termination. A hearing officer who is a retired judge says his suspension should be reversed. She found that he was not in violation of department policies and accusations that led to his termination were unfounded. Armstrong says the report exonerates him of any wrongdoing.
0: The people of Oakland deserves to know that the son of the city did not violate them did not undermine their trust uh, that i am who i said i was uh, committed to the city of oakland someone who was
13: doing the job the right way
14: mayor Tao issued a written statement that said in part there was no recommendation that i reverse my decision to move the department forward under new leadership oakland needs leaders including opd who will stand up and make tough decisions in the name of accountability and community trust
2: and
0: regardless of the mayor's decision i felt like my reputation was important to restore uh, and i think today is that moment
14: the administrative appeal report recommended that the city and the former police chief meet and find a resolution which could include his reinstatement armstrong did not say if he's seeking reinstatement he says he and his attorney will exhaust all legal possibilities including a lawsuit one commissioner supports including armstrong as a potential candidate to be recommended to the mayor
4: i think to ignore former Chief Armstrong as a candidate would be to ignore a significant amount of community voice. Therefore, we have to balance that with, you know, what we understand is, is a very sort of polarizing and dynamic situation.
14: Oaklanders say not having a police chief has hurt the city. Crime has gone up. It's been like you don't feel like people care. The police commission decided to extend the interim police chief position until a new chief is in place one commissioner tells me the goal is to have a list of candidates to give to the mayor sometime in november and that oakland could have a new
12: chief in place by the end of the
14: year julie
12: yeah it's been since february since oakland's had a police chief uh the findings of this report are just coming out has there been any reaction at all from the rank and file I haven't had a chance to talk
14: to any police officers, but certainly, you know, the members of the police commission, members of the public, the majority of the people I spoke with support the former chief.
12: All right. Amber Lee reporting live tonight in Oakland. Amber, thank you.
1: So one of the one of the problems here, actually, is that if the the mayor fucked up, I don't think there's a lot of space for the mayor to just be like, um, oops, and then rehire the old police chief. Right. There's not. There's, there's no space there. You gotta double down on your shit. That's like the way that you have to do it, right?
2: Yeah, I don't see how she can politically, at least with the rhetoric she's putting out now, her office is putting out now, um, they've already doubled down and said, yeah, no, we we defend our position and our decision, um, and we're looking forward to new leadership. Um, so yeah, to, if, if there's no possible way that she appoints him again, and frankly, I don't know that he wants the job anyway, right? The only thing that would I think that would be f- good for him in that situation is just the retribution and sort of the validation, right? But I don't know that you want a job where you're not wanted by the, you know, your boss, right? Like that's, you, you know that you're, you know that you've got one foot sort of out the door already. Like, why would you go to that job? So, um, hopefully this helps, this exoneration at least helps him find some place to land that's not in Oakland or OPD. Um, but it's sad because he's right. Like he's a He was born and raised in Oakland, and you know he's from that city, and he should—he deserved the right. That was probably his dream job, frankly. So he deserved the right to, um, to hold that job until he truly does do something wrong, or he decides not to do it anymore. And I don't think either one of those things happened here.
1: Also, the anchor at the very beginning snuck in there—that that that bullshit about crime skyrocketing.
2: Yes, well, I, I mean that's sort of like a. What we what used to call it in the news biz, but it's basically everyone had these um, little save streamed lines of uh, content, right? Journalists would, you know, it's stuff that they write in almost every story, right? Uh, so they would, they could just access it with a macros or a, you know, just a keystroke. Um, so they, uh, we, that was, that sounds like something that's saved like that. Like it's just sort of in the, in the, the bullpen or the, the, in the, in the, the, the canister ready to go anytime. Uh, but so you know, and the, crime is running rampant.
1: Not to, not to, not to uh, beat this dead horse that I've been talking about, but crime's been <laughs> on like an overall downtrend, especially violent crime in cities since the late eighties and early nineties. And there may be a way in which there's just a fucking floor that it that the crime rate kind of just keeps bouncing off of, if that makes sense, right? It'll hit it'll hit the lowest, and it's got nowhere to go but up because that's basically the
2: floor. Because right. people are people, and people do shit. Things also go in cycles, uh, but you all, but the the cycles tend to be you know, shorter terms. And if you look at things like you're saying on the long term, if people take if you take a step back, if you take a step back, if you take a step back, the graphs become much more, and the lines become much more stable like the declines become much more stable you can see it over time the decline right and yeah there's going to be a baseline eventually you're going to hit a point where there's there's a certain number of people there's going to be a certain a number of crime right um in in a certain area um it's just how it's going to be as long as you have capitalism and income inequality you're going to have crime so uh we just have to expect a certain level but it's yeah it's never nowhere near the worst it's ever been it's certainly not off the rails, you know. It's not as though we're devolving into freaking chaos out there, you know. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, you, you walk, just take a walk outside sometime and and have a look. But a lot of folks don't. A lot of folks get in their cars and commute to work on the freeway or wherever and don't really s- take a look around. Or they get on the train and they get off the train and they don't look, take a look around. Um, or even sometimes they're walking and they don't take a look around, right? And they don't really see what's going on they just have television and they let the local news and they let these folks um everyone but la monica of course um tell them what they think and tell them what's for real um and what's for real life and right now the, the narrative is that crime is running rampant um, yeah so we're going to hear that over and over again
1: it's it's so crazy because like <clears throat> people should check out
2: other major metros mm-hmm. um <sighs> Yeah, have a look at Chicago, have a look at New York, have a look at LA. The New York's have actually San really San Diego. It. Yeah, even San Diego. Yeah. Or I mean, just if you're in the
1: if you're in the Bay Area, check out the uh, violent crime rate in Emeryville.
2: Emeryville. Holy <laughs> fuck, what's going on over there? We
1: should we should shut the whole thing down and uh, see, we should just turn off Emeryville and turn it back on. They got malls and shit. Yeah, yeah. Or uh St. St. Uh, Louis, Missouri, I heard is a pretty terrifying fucking place right now. Well, Ferguson's right outside, right?
2: Where yeah. a lot of the BLM movement started. So yeah, no, if St. Louis is not not really top notch either right now.
1: But it's it's also a thing that like sort of feeds itself, right? Like if the community mm-hmm. thinks the violent crime is on the uprise or that crime is on the uprise, there's gonna be pressure on the police to arrest more people. And then mm-hmm. as the police arrest more people, they're gonna report more arrests and then the crime rate's gonna go up. Right. And so it's like you know, these things are all kind of, these things are all kind of fucked up in the first place. Like it's, it's all like kind of self-reporting and it's a little bit weird,
2: yeah, but it's a self perpetuating cycle for sure.
1: But I do, I do hope that, uh, I don't, I don't know, hopefully like San Francisco magically has zero crime so that the uh, people that hate San Francisco can go back to hating the gay people or whatever the shit they want to hate San Francisco about next
2: plenty of shit to hate about san francisco i
1: feel like an interesting piece that i should probably write for the defamation times is start in about 1965 and just do a timeline of why everybody hated san francisco for each <laughs> five-year period because <laughs> i feel like there's a point where it probably would have been disco right for sure. <laughs> and for a very long time it was the gays for a, before the disco it was probably the hippies and the drugs right. And so like, you could just, you could just, just, you know, I think a timeline of why people hate San Francisco would be a pretty interesting article. It wouldn't be too hard to write either.
2: No, not at all. Not
1: at all. Anyway, we're looking at a, this is very interesting. This is very, uh, next segment of the show. Uh, this is uh, looks like Bay area public meetings have been targeted with hate screech by far right groups. You don't fucking say. Yeah. And welcome to down ballot. Yeah, there's a whole fucking national campaign around this. And I hope this fucking news piece mentions that this is part of a broader campaign by by like Moms for Liberty and other sort of like white Christian
2: nationalist groups. This is me holding my breath. Let's see. Let's see.
3: Several Bay Area public meetings have been under attack. Far-right extremists and hate groups are targeting cities and counties to harass officials and amplify their hateful messages. KTVU's Brooks Rose joins us live in the newsroom. In Brooks, this keeps happening in several communities.
0: Oh, well, Greg, we've learned it's happened in South San Francisco, Walnut Creek, Sacramento, and Monterey, to name a few. It's widespread, and really it's like a game of whack-a-mole because these are very coordinated attacks. The Anti-Defamation League says trolling groups from outside of California are seeking out local public meetings, then individually, one after another, lining up and virtually speaking and spewing hate without ever showing their faces.
11: We do not condone hate in our city.
0: The signs are clear in El Cerrito. Standing up to stop the hate speech, heard time and time again during public comment at this week's city
11: council meeting. They would get onto Zoom change their name to something that they're trying to get the city clerk to say it's almost like junior high schoolers like making up bad names to make someone read them out loud
2: mayor see more butts
11: says
0: they then spewed racist and anti-semitic comments things so horrible we can't even share on the
11: air they got to be so bad we actually had to stop the meeting early
0: At least one Jewish city official was personally attacked, much like Walnut Creek City Councilmember Kevin Wilk. I was angry. I'm not going to be intimidated. And I'm certainly not going to step down from rebuking publicly vile, hateful comments, whether it's anti-Semitic comments or any other hateful comments. He says his city was the first in the Bay Area targeted by outside groups. They are looking to make. Oh, I don't know about that.
1: It depends on when he says it was, because we uh, lost a whole ass YouTube channel for for a fucking reporting we did on the city of San Jose being targeted by outside groups via Zoom. Yes.
2: Yes. Wait, I'm, to this I'm hate sure that speech he's got more detail. The hate speech.
4: These are not random attacks of bigots that just happen to be in the community. These are orchestrated attacks on these public meetings. They're coordinated.
0: Mark Levine is with the Anti-Defamation League. It's tracking an overwhelming increase in hijacked meetings, where those joining virtually don't show their faces, but push white supremacist, anti-Semitic, and anti-LGBTQ plus narratives.
4: To attract attention to themselves, to recruit and raise money, and to unfortunately stop government from serving the public.
0: If we hear those, you will be asked to stop. Just this week in Sonoma County, supervisors restricted public comment to in-person only. El Cerrito is considering the same thing. Neighbors have expressed concern not enough has been done to stop the hate, but the mayor says the city has to follow the law, and cutting off comments could be costly.
11: That is exactly the kind of Uh, gut reaction that these hate speakers are looking for. They're looking for a reason to sensationalize things on social media. They want to bring a lawsuit against us uh, for breaching their First Amendment rights and making this a bigger deal.
0: Which is why leaders are uniting with a single message that they hope will ripple
11: through the region. You can come to our community, but you cannot bring your hate here.
0: Local governments are considering legal ways to restrict hate speech. That includes limiting the total time for a public comment period or reducing the time a person can speak. Another strategy, save public comments for the end of the meeting and encourage positive ones. In the newsroom, Brooks Rose KTVU Fox 2 News.
3: Yeah, Brooks, and on that note, is there anything lawmakers could do to prevent this kind of hate speech from hijacking public meetings?
0: Well, there is some work being done on a potential legislative uh, front here. This was a big topic at a conference of California cities this week. The Anti-Defamation League has a toolkit for all public agencies so they can implement similar strategies but really you bring up a good point. Changes to the law could better deal with potential First Amendment concerns. And other liabilities.
3: Yeah, certainly a challenge. Many are dealing with. Brooks Rose live in our newsroom tonight.
1: Brooks- so I don't like this banning people from via visiting via Zoom. It could be anything from somebody with a, a person with a disability to just somebody who has something they really fucking care about, but they just got off work and they'd rather just go home.
2: Yeah, very slippery slope. It's, and I don't think they want to uh, reverse course here. And if anything, the pandemic really helped accelerate the ability for people to log in on and to virtually participate in their government. So I think that's fabulous. And the fact that it's being, you know, hijacked—anyone can do. They can do that. We've seen it. At live meetings, right? Shasta County all the time. Where you know, live people come into live meetings and stand in line, and you show their faces and they give their names, right? We know their names. You 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 can. We literally it have their, their names on a fucking bingo card, right? Like you, you can recite <laughs> their names, you know, off the top of your head, probably. Uh, and so, uh, I I don't know that that's something new or something you know that uh, that we can't control for, right? You know, you control for it is you know by when people make threats legitimate threats you you go after them and you 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 shut them down right um you provide protection and and support for your in defense for your uh your elected officials right even if that means security details yeah even if that means police in the chamber sure you know you 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 know there's things we can do to deter these uh this kind of shit um but you're never going to get rid of it entirely Uh, otherwise there would never be we, we wouldn't have a show so uh, I, I really hope that they don't ever get rid of it because um, it would mean that someone else is, like you said, someone else who has um, a really legitimate thing to say and some lived experience that would benefit them to hear but can't get to the damn meeting, right? Um, you know, the, has, has the op- option of participating still. Um, so hopefully this isn't used as a, a reason to do that. But I, I'm really glad that local news is catching up to the fact that this is happening. They, I didn't hear a whole lot about National other than their, you know, the, the guy from the Anti-Defamation League um and maybe a couple of comments about how folks from outside of california are we're doing this but not some sort of coordinated national effort which is exactly what it is
1: right i mean i mean we i fucking knew that like three years ago as soon as it started happening i'm like hold on let me take a go let me let me go take a let me go take a little poke around in some of the dra- oh i know what's going on here this is coordinated mm-hmm. uh, but and <clears throat> i don't know if you know the answer to this um in um when we watch clearwater clearwater florida um if you don't live in clearwater they don't let you speak do you know if um i I don't know if that's legal in florida but they do it do you know if that's legal in california to try to do like sort of like how the porn sites like legitimate porn sites some of them do like a kyc like know your customer um do you would it be legal for these for them to require that you like sign up before the meeting and like make some attempt to demonstrate that you live within the jurisdiction even if you're calling in remotely
2: i don't know that what the, lo- the law may is silent or not on that in california i think it'd be really hard to be a lawsuit if you tried to do that and and restrict it to simply people who live in your jurisdiction or whatever right or california um that could get problematic they could probably implement it or to get it passed for a time but i I'd imagine that the the nazi free speech movement would would Push that in court, right, and and try to overturn it um, based on you know, free speech and other other uh, other uh, constitutional citations, more than likely. So I, I don't think it would go very far. So I don't know what the answer is, other than being you know, just awareness and um, canceling these fuckers, you know, um, publicly. When well, the opportunity to do that, right, to because public comment is or uh, open forum at least at these meetings is unique in that this is this is an opportunity for people to speak generally about stuff that's not on the agenda and in theory it's a way for the public to say hey this should be on your agenda right this is something you're not right this is an important thing that you're not talking about well these fuckers are using it to talk about stuff that probably is on the agenda or isn't or just to go after these these fools um and just act act the fool right um and you just never you, you can't really get rid of that if you're going to give the opportunity for people to come with their good ideas you're going to have to tolerate people with bad ideas right and there are limitations there are certainly things that they can't say and do um and the the elected officials themselves can prosecute people and, and get restraining orders against them and that does happen um there's at least one or two people in san jose who are not allowed to approach any city official or i'm sorry any city employee period within like 500 feet Or the cops could be called. They can be carted off to jail because they have a restraining order because they did get violent or uh, threatened violence on city employees. So, you know, that that, that is one way. They can just bar people legally if if they've just, you know, legally done something wrong. But if they're just saying shit, there's just not much you can do about it. You just have to take it and and have political will um, to put up with it
1: yeah I, I do not like the idea of getting rid of the remote just i i'm not mm-hmm. first of all i think you may run into some problems with california state law about people with disabilities um if you don't allow it although shasta doesn't allow it and i don't believe san jose that you can't zoom in to san jose anymore can you
2: you can oh you can it's like it's still hybrid oh i didn't know that for the council yeah for the council meetings i think at least if not the some of the commission meetings like the planning commission i think still
1: but what what the what i think like and you know i we we talk about shasta a lot here but it's like a prime example what a lot of like what has happened now at their uh during the open forum part of the public comment where it's either off agenda items or you know it might be about an agenda item but the person just wants to talk about it during open forum because they got to leave or whatever um Mm -hmm. a lot of that lately is now started to be used to like for like petty personal grievances with each other where people go up there and just talk about some other fucking member of the community. And it's like, it's like, you know, once, once that starts happening, it's just, it's just fucking, it's for whoever to do whatever and say whatever. I, I don't know the answer, I guess like, yeah, well, maybe we won't have an answer and that'll be why this public comment thing is, you know, going to, going to keep going. Cause I have no shortage of places to look. Like I just have no shortage. Even if we just did California, I have no shortage. And you know, uh, in this case, I think a lot of it is the group moms for Liberty. Um, but I don't know because all if there's a zoom meeting, right, all you have to do is give your group of, even if it's just like a telegram channel with a hundred people in it, right. All you have to do is give them the invite information and tell them what time and tell them what subjects that you want to uh, poison this meeting with. And, you get 10 people doing that you done fucked up a meeting
2: yeah here's what to say go do it call you know call in zoom in here's the instructions just go do it you've got time you're in in your stepmom's basement jerking off
1: or you're the or you're an older person who's retired or it could be anybody yeah yeah so we'll we'll we're gonna move along here this is also a very local this is sanal which is just around the way from where i live right now um Apparently the school board has voted against flying the pride flag now it's not pride month or anything so well maybe we have some we have some time before next june and maybe they can uh, maybe this can get solved but let's see what the NBC bay area has to say about it
14: the debate not over. That is the pledge from parents in the small Tri-Valley town of Sonal. On Tuesday, the school board passed a resolution that prevents the pride flag and some other flags from being flown on school property. As NBC Bears Jody Hernandez tells us, parents say they're now looking at a recall effort and even possible legal action.
15: It's just a recognition of that marginalized group to say, you're safe, we see you, and you're welcome. But while the pride flag flew on the Sonol Glen School campus during Pride Month, it won't be displayed ever again. In fact, all special interest flags have been taken down tonight after the school board passed a resolution earlier this week banning all except the American and California flags from being displayed on school grounds.
2: feels like a different campus right now. Uh, we're still sort of reeling and collecting ourselves. Parents we
15: spoke with today say the school board's decision doesn't line up with the community and the school's principal and teachers. They say the resolution proposed by school board president Ryan Jorgensen represents extremist views held by just a fraction of the community's residents.
2: We're certainly standing up as a community to push back against this, this is not right. The majority of us feel this way and we're gonna demand to be heard.
15: Parents say they're also considering a recall effort and legal action against the two board members who voted for the resolution. Meanwhile, tonight flag holders outside many of the school's classrooms that once displayed a multitude of colorful flags are empty. Some just flew like, Very simple flags. Welcome flags. A flag with flowers on it. One had a flag with birds on it. We found several flags now stored in a plastic bin in the school's office. Even a community club banner has been removed. It's definitely a different, different environment now. But parents that
1: one they can't remove says Eagle Pride on it. Can't remove that. It's painted on your marquee. Look at that. Sorry.
15: LGBTQ (laughs) families to know they support them i'm sorry that's what it hurts i have friends i have family members
2: this is not over
15: we tried to reach out to the school board president he declined to comment
2: whoa nope
15: jody hernandez nbc
2: poop (laughs) emojis he didn't even like not bother to respond he actually responded and wrote back nope so this is again part of
1: this like more coordinated effort so like and because this is the low hanging fruit, right? You run a few, you either run people who just don't say shit about this issue and they happen to live in the community and people are like, okay, whatever, I'm going to vote for this person, right? They live down the street from me I don't say sure. shit about this issue. And then they show up at the school board and then this is the thing that they decide to do. This is uh, a, <clears> I've <throat> been talking about this for a while. Uh, sure. Michael Flynn, uh, disgraced former general, Michael Flynn, sorry, has been talking about this at these reawaken America tour events for a very long time. And this is like the playbook. And, um, Absolutely. you know, Absolutely. a place like Sanola is perfect for it because the voter turnout, there's a lot, not a lot of people there anyway, and voter turnout for school boards, probably pretty fucking low there.
2: Well, it's, you're talking about hundreds of voters, period, in this community, there's there's three, and there's three school board members, right? So it only takes two votes to do anything. Um, and you saw the chambers there uh, full of people, that's probably the voters of Sunol, <laughs> right? Um, and it's, or maybe it's the voters, you know, who did not vote for this douchebag, right? And then there's a few hundred others- Or maybe they did, and, they and because the they
1: did, maybe they did because these yeah. people didn't fucking say shit about any of this sure, when they were running. Sure.
2: He looked like a, such a nice uh, white Aryan dude. Um, so I, I don't know what why I didn't think he would do this, but um, he he's like such a nice boy. He used to mow the yard. <laughs> but yeah, that's probably the number of votes you need, right? And you talk to enough people and you and, and you get it done. And they, yeah, they absolutely target low-hanging fruit. They target places where they're targeting school boards right now because school board races are just not very, like you said, the, the turnout's very low. The awareness is very low. It's very easy to, uh, to take over a school board. And it's happened um, locally in some places. Here in the Tony affluent liberal Bay Area, um, there have there have, this has happened even in some small city councils. It's happened where you've got majority like Republican city councils, um, in areas that are heavily Democratic. There's no reason why it should be that way. It's just that these races are nonpartisan. No one knows who you are or what you are really, and it doesn't take that much money and that much, you know, uh, door knocking to. You know, move an election and so this guy got elected he proposed this thing he had another vote from someone else who got elected and elections have consequences
1: yeah we'll we'll see what happens here because uh uh I, they might if, I, I don't know I, i'm not big on recalls but if they recall these people that'll be fun that'll
2: be something yeah, to I cover reverse recall um at the very least it would not cost a lot because it's such a small community that even printing ballots for everyone is probably not going to cost a lot so who knows we'll see We'll we'll have it on Recall. Watch it when it happens. (laughs)
1: Up next, we got Mayor Ed 209 being interviewed uh, talking about the city's budget. That's San Jose, California's budget.
2: Yeah, so there's a little more detail from uh, the story we had earlier.
1: Very nice.
7: ...off on a new contract for city union workers, one that involves higher pay. Those changes will be reflected on the city budget during the next fiscal
8: year. But it could come at a cost of city services, including crossing guard roles and other traffic safety work. Mayor Matt Mahan was the sole official to have voted against the contract, citing these uncertainties.
4: So joining us live via Zoom to talk about the budget and its impact, San Jose Mayor...
1: Funny the guy in the middle sounds like he's on remote, you hear him?
8: and
4: welcome mayor first question we know your people approached us about this after this vote we've got to ask about cutting crossing guards because we've seen so many people hurt or killed in san jose out there on the streets why crossing guards well
1: good morning well because it plays well
4: for having me let me start by saying i i think it's great that our workforce is getting a raise and that we've averted a strike that's the good news the bad news here is that under intense political pressure... The bad news here is that our workforce
1: have gotten a raise and we averted a strike. <laughs> the
4: council went too far and has offered raises that we can't afford. I've been warning from the outset that if we went above that threshold, we were going to see cuts. And sure enough, our city manager came back this week and laid out a menu of initial cuts for this year, including crossing guard roles, which I voted against. I'm very concerned about. We had a child hit and killed on their way walking to school just late last year. Traffic safety has been a huge issue for our city. It looks We've like Viva number of Pedestrian and cyclist yep. deaths, and we're really it working is. hard to turn that around. So that's just the beginning though. Park, park activations, roles in IT and Department of Transportation have been cut. And my real fear is looking at the budget in the next couple of years. We have signed up for unsustainable increases at a time when many of the economic indicators are much more uncertain. Last night the uh, head of our retirement funds told us that this creates a roughly ballpark $60 million unfunded liability in our pension system as well, which will begin to hit our general fund in about a year. So, I just I don't think it's fiscally responsible. I don't think it's fair to residents. We can pay our workers well without cutting services. Unfortunately, the council did not decide to do that this year.
8: On a surface level, when you look at this, it says to me that you care about your residents' safety more than you care about those people striking. How easy was it for you to come to this decision?
4: Well, it's very hard to balance all of the different needs our community has. I I empathize with our workers and they've done nothing wrong here. And in fact, I think they're, their unions who represent them have done a fantastic job of advocating for their needs. We live in a high-cost region, and we have had significant inflation, and I I don't…
1: Matt, just take the L. Take the L, Matt. My God. Just take the L.
4: They can, but elected officials have a different job to do. Our job is to look at all of the different needs in the community and try to best balance those needs. The reality is that the service cuts that are likely to come, and in fact, are already coming in the form of crossing guards and public programming, impacts all of our residents and especially our lower income and more vulnerable residents. So this was a year where we had enough money to offer generous raises, a 5% raise in year one, which by the way, is not the only raise many of our workers get. Younger workers get step increases each year uh workers in management positions get a management performance review and are eligible to earn additional money as well so you know we could have done a five percent raise this year without any cuts the council went to six percent under pressure and lo and behold we're making cuts i just don't feel like that's the right balance for our community
7: well, Mayor Mayhan, we only have about a minute left and you know, I I, I wanna be all about solutions in this instant. It sounds like this money is going to be tied up. So what now? Where are you gonna look for funding or opportunities to maybe find ways to keep people a little safer on the streets since you're losing crossing guards?
4: That's right. By, by law, we have to have a balanced budget. We don't get to print money. So I will be working very closely with our city manager as we head into the next budget cycle to make sure that the cuts that we have to make are, have minimal impacts on our residents, particularly public safety. That's a top priority for me. I don't think that this is the right time to look at new revenue measures. Our community is incredibly burdened with the high cost of living. We already are a high tax state. So I think the real answer will be tightening our belts, being more innovative, more efficient, and then growing our tax base. Downtown San Jose is is having seen a period of growth. We've had 30 small businesses open just this calendar year. We're seeing a lot of great energy. It's been a wonderful summer in downtown San Jose. I think seeing economic growth and that organic growth of the tax base is our best hope for for getting out of this unfortunate trade-off we've created. Mayor Matt Mahan, we always appreciate you joining us live here on the broadcast, having these community conversations. Thank you so much.
1: He said thirty businesses it. open, but like, and uh, how many closed? <laughs>
2: like, yeah, the, well, that gets omitted, right? Like the, you said about a photo, right? In a photo, you can make it look good. Um, so that's exactly what he's doing here. This is like him taking a photograph and giving you the framing, and you know, taking controlling the framing and controlling the mise-en-scene, controlling the layout and the people in it, right? And then the talking points. He's he's controlling the narrative. Um, or trying to at least, but he's losing because uh, his narrative doesn't hold water. In fact, you know there there are many studies that have shown how you know this actually improves uh, economic uh, impact by you know giving people more more buying power and people uh, ability to live in and stay in San Jose, who work in San Jose and work for the city. Um, the city is one of the top employers in the city, wouldn't you know? Um, so this is impacting thousands of workers who can then spend their money here, right, and spend their dollars here, um, and improve the economy and, and build tax base and build revenue for the city that then goes back into the city employees' pockets. So, not to mention that city employees are the ones who actually execute all these programs and implement all these programs that we have. Um, so if you're not paying them well or paying them at all, you're just not going to have a lot of the services that he's talking about cutting in the first place. So it's it's, again slippery slope um but he's just trying to push his own narrative which is you know the programs are more important than the people that that uh do them
1: and he's like downtown san jose is thriving it's like motherfucker don't piss on me and tell me it's raining downtown san jose is not thriving unless something dramatic changed
2: in like the three
1: months since i lived in san jose or something
2: get the yeah. fuck out of here man there's vacancies and boarded up windows all down Santa Clara street and some of the major other major thoroughfares. It's, it's definitely, it's not a ghost town, but it's just not, it's not what they're making it out to be. Right. It's just, just, it's just like things aren't falling off a cliff, right. It's not some sort of uh crime ridden, you know, filth, you know, uh, uh, hovel, but it's certainly not the paradise of economic development that he's trying to pitch for sure
1: right and it's because it's i it's this the city's been suffering this for, with this for a long time yeah. they want yeah. a like a very it's like sanitized downtown right yeah and it's Pretty like much. well what if what if your downtown if if sort of left to its own economic devices was like a lot of tattoo shops and bars and clubs and shit then what now you're just like denying like all of that the opportunity to exist because of this idea you have in your head about this place just always being a suburb right and it's like well you know so it's you know i you know people who work in entertainment in san jose they know what dealing with the fucking city is like and it ain't easy and there's, no. there's a lot of desire for that. And there's a lot of spaces that were once entertainment spaces that are appropriate for entertainment that cannot and will not get those permits.
2: Hmm. Not anymore. Or they, they or they don't have the time to fight or to, to push for it or to, to just to go through the motions even. Yeah. Uh, spa- space is the number one commodity right now for culture and creativity in San Jose. We just don't have enough of it period. So um, we'll see more to come on that front.
1: All right, so we got one more here on down-ballot watch. A San Jose City Council member denies hitting a man on his bike and then paying him off.
2: Oh, fuck, man. Oh, fuck. And it's not Ed 209, is it? No, but it is District 10 related. Um, And as we've recalled, Mayor Ed 209's opponent, you know, running over someone in Los Gatos. This looks like it just seems to be a thing for District 10 Council members or candidates. It's in the water in Almaden.
9: A San Jose council member facing some heat, this is after allegedly striking a man on a bicycle
1: and
0: then paying him off. A video of that incident is now going viral on social media.
7: Today in the Bay, Chris Sanchez has been following the story. She joins us from our newsroom this morning. May set up for a really interesting council meeting in just a few hours from now, Chris. Well, you know, this is just a regularly
16: scheduled council meeting, so there's no action item related to what happened with the city council member. However, the way that it works, as you may know, is that public comment is open to anybody to talk about anything. So we'll see mm-hmm. if anybody shows up during public comment to address the councilman. Now, a downtown city worker is the one who witnessed this, and although she did not want to be identified, she did capture the aftermath on video. That witness shared it first with the news outlet San Jose Spotlight. It shows San Jose City Councilman Arjun Batra at the scene of the alleged crash that was at San Fernando and Fourth Streets last Wednesday. You know City Hall is at Uh, 4th Street and Santa Clara. Uh, The witness says she recognized Councilmember Batra as the one out of his car, talking with that man, and then handing over money, and that turned out to be $40. We have a picture of the man's bike, and not that it matters, but that man is unhoused. You can see the rear wheel is bent. The council member denies hitting the man's bike, but does say that he had a close call with him. Batra also admits to giving that man the $40 after he claimed that he was down on his luck. Now, Councilman Batra issued a statement reading in part, I am at City Hall to work on my two top priorities, pedestrian and traffic safety and homelessness. I'm glad I was able to personally help this man in some small way. Now, that city council meeting is at 1.30 this afternoon. Public comment usually comes pretty close to the beginning. We'll be tracking this story for you throughout the day. We'll bring you updates. Marcus.
1: All right. Thanks so much, Chris. So there's a little, I mean, it's not that funny, but the idea that like a traffic safety was this guy's top priority and he may very well have like run into some guy's bike.
2: Yes, I think that's. It's bloody hilarious. Um, so, I more to come here. I don't know. There could be more, more to uh, to this story than meets the eye. But um, it's, it just seems like a very unfortunate incident. Um, and <laughs> uh, but luckily everyone's okay in this case. No one died. So um, uh, but another, another uh kerfuffle in San Jose local politics. This is of course Arjun Batra, who was appointed back in January. We covered that extensively here on Down ballot, and we'll be facing re-election come March primary
1: well I hope no I hope he's not run if he doesn't run if he runs against a cyclist he can just run them over
2: <laughs> he's got <laughs> opponents he has opponents and they are they are human and they can stand on their feet
1: well we got and another thing it looks like a uh, karate this is this is a funny headline karate instructors uh stop an attempted carjacking in Oakland let's let's see what happened here
12: Two Good Samaritans stopping and attempted carjacking in Oakland. Take a look. This happened last month on Piedmont Avenue. You can see a man returning to his car when he's approached by two men in sweatshirts who take his keys right out of his hand. As they go back to the man's car, watch this. Two people intervene. The carjackers then drove off without taking the victim's car. The Good Samaritans reportedly work at a karate school across the street
1: so hey that was actually that's you know what they in in a moment in like the moment of decision they did a smart thing they're like um so these people are trying to steal a car they used a car to steal the car let's go fuck up the car that they
2: used to try to steal this other car i kill your fucking car i love it um I, and here I was expecting this clip to be like, you know, wow, like guys just flying out, <laughs> flying out and, ch- uh, you know, karate chop and, you know, uh, kicking guys in, in the nuts. But no, they just came out with bats and <laughs> beat the shit out of the fucking carjacker's car. Uh, it's beautiful. And they ran away. It's like, run away, run away. And Dr- <laughs> Drake in our chat
1: uh, says that now it make maybe, maybe easier to find the uh, perpetrators too. Cause the car's all fucked up.
2: Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that was one of the reasons, you know, you do that. Um, and it's like, they don't give a fuck. Like, Oh gun that's cool fuck you run away and then the guy with the gun's like oh no they've got bats run away run away uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah so right place right time just jump you know jump right in there and, and get shit done gotta love it well that's uh, down ballot <clears throat> you can check us out every uh tuesday at
1: 7 uh, 30 p.m right here on uh twitch and councilman you want to read us out
2: Absolutely. Uh, thank you, as always, for joining us, listener and viewer. We appreciate this. We do this for you. So please visit ecoplexmedia.com for all the ways you can support us, for all the moich that you can possibly handle. Um, remember, again, we are here every week. Uh, and stay tuned for public comment, which is coming up next. Um, audible Smoke will also be up here to, to tickle your eardrums. Remember to get your vaccinations, wear a mask if it's appropriate. But pants are always optional. Peace out. Ha, 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 ha,
13: To get the party started. Pick up my phone just to check and see who's calling. Dress up real nice for the ladies at the bar. And I'm driving in my car just to get to where they are. Here at the local scene is where I plant my feet. It's where I smoke my cigarette and I hold my drink. I look at all my friends, they're all blazing greens. Here at the front of the stage, waiting for MTV Where are those guys who's standing next to me with a pipe in his hand ready to blaze for me? About five minutes later, we're all singing, queen. I get the fuck up on stage. Like the scene, yeah. We do what we want And what we want is to jam So sit back and enjoy the bang We do what we want What we wanna do And what we want is to jam So sit back And enjoy the bang Enjoy the bang I turn and head back the bar, we feel man, because you know where we are. We're headed out to the car to smoke another one, and another one. Woo! Now, just when the magic starts, kicking in, I hear me left playing, and you know now it's time to head in. All right, everybody, now it's time to grab a new drink, spark it if you got it, and then pass it to me. And we do what we want, and what we want is the jam. So sit back and enjoy the band. And, 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 and we do what we want. What we wanna do, and what we want is to jam. So sit back and enjoy the band. Enjoy that band. Last up on the bill for the show tonight down to dirty, and is Downy Dirty. In five, so we outside. Just fuck up another joint. Now who's got my lighter? Stoner E, of course. Shouldn't you be inside? I'm all up in this bitch, being who I gotta be. I'm fucked up like the U.S. economy. The I don't think logically Stone the E Take you on a psychedelic odyssey Now inside motherfuckers is rockin' me And outside shit we smoke a lot of broccoli Rocky you on a sexy groovy jockin' He ain't too drunk to fuck But don't probably do a slap We do what we want What we wanna do And what we want is to jam So sit back and enjoy the band Dance with the band Enjoy the band yeah do what we want. What we want to do And what we want is to jam. So sit back and enjoy the band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What Marley said, that he like jamming and he hoped he like jamming too. Well, I gotta say thank you, Bob. We do. Yes, I gotta say thank you, Bob. We do. Well, Bob Marley said that he like jamming and he hoped he like jamming too. Well, I gotta say thank you, Bob. We do. Yes, Think about we do. yeah. We do what we want. And what we want is the James? So sit back and yes. enjoy, enjoy the pain. We do what we want. And what we want to do. What we want is the change. So sit back and enjoy the pain. Enjoy that pain. We do what we want. What we want to do the jam. So sit back and enjoy the rain. And enjoy the rain. We do what we want. And what we want is the jam. So sit back and enjoy the band.